1: That ion storm was brutal.
0: Agreed, sir. It will take Scotty at least a week to repair the runabout's warp coils, not to mention... The paint
1: job! You're right. Maybe it's time to go for a new color. Mauve? Maybe teal? Mm,
0: Maybe it's time for a nap. A nap? You've been up since 0600. We'll be circling the moon for at least another few hours as Chekov completes his readings. Why not rest?
1: Hmm.
0: Yes. Rest. I do enjoy a nap. Yes, you do. You're very good at napping, sir. What about you? Oh, me. Well, Captain, as a Vulcan, I require far less sleep than my human counterparts. Now, you know, run along. I'll I'll monitor things on the bridge. Hmm.
1: All right, Spock. See you at
0: 1400. Absolutely, sir. Oh, good. Alone at last. Computer! Please play episode 123 on Spock's personal terminal. Oh yes, I love this episode. Oh, oh BMO. how'd you get so pregnant? Who's the mother? Oh, who's the father? I'll tell you if you keep it a secret. Hey! I, I
1: know it! I knew it! I knew it!
0: Captain! Spock! <laughs> yes?
1: Are you singing? No. Well, um... You were. You were singing and watching a... a what are you watching?
0: <clears throat> a highly logical program focusing on the familial relationship patterns between a gender non-binary video game system, a talking ambidextrous dog who can shift into any conceivable shape and size, and a human child with a love of extreme sports. What? Adventure Time! Oh, a cartoon! Yes, that's what I said, sir. Spock, you were having fun. Well, yes, of course. Fun is an important part of being both Vulcan and human. Uh, 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 Sir? Maybe we just
1: intro our episode while I recover from this utter shock. Understood.
0: I am Larissa Garski, the intrepid First Officer of the Starship Therapies, writer, researcher, and devoted fan of Adventure Time.
1: And I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, writer, researcher, yoga teacher, and I am in shock. Sorry? We said after the intro. Okay. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we're therapists doesn't mean that we are your therapists, unless, of course, we are your therapists. This (laughs) podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist and we want to give an extra trigger
0: warning this episode. Nope, nope, we don't. No, we don't. I'm sorry. I copy and pasted without um, (laughs) looking at things. There's no trigger warning this app because it's all about fun. (laughs) Who are you? Did
1: something happen to your neural net when we flew through that ion storm? Captain, I'm Spock, not Data. Yeah, I guess that's true, but you have to admit that you are
0: acting real weird. Well... Sure. I certainly hear that you are experiencing me as such, but it's not as if you've asked me about my favorite fandom before.
1: That's not true. We talk about fave fandoms all the time. I start with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then... yes. Okay, I see. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly so. I guess I do get a bit caught up in smidge sometimes.
0: She's a very important parasocial relationship to you, sir. Yes.
1: Yes but now I realize that I got so caught up in my parasocial relationships that I wasn't giving space and time
0: to yours. Well, in all fairness, I do tend to enjoy keeping mine on the on the DL. Well, now it's time to share it.
1: Yes, <laughs> loud and proud, just like that song you were singing earlier about someone or thing named Bemo being pregnant. <laughs> yes, yes, but I want to know, Spock, who is BMO
0: and why is she pregnant? Well, sir, BMO is the gender non-binary robot um, and also a video game system uh, that Finn and Jake are best friends with and that they also use to play their video games on. Um, BMO, I, I know, but let, let me continue. Bimo is not really pregnant in the song. That was just a, a fun musical number that Bemo makes up about the egg that they've attached to their body using tape and a plastic solo cup. Uh,
1: right. I had no idea that you were so... Musical? No, whimsical. I don't think I follow your meaning. Whimsy. I, I think uh, the computer disclosed last time when we were caught in the ion storm that... I myself am ninety percent whimsy. I believe that's true. Ten
0: percent albuterol. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it might have been ninety nine percent whimsy. It doesn't matter. Continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, so whimsy is is very important to me. Being whimsical is is playfulness, mm-hmm. and that's a, a a vital part of my personality and my life. Is is allowing myself to be playful.
0: And And I would would add that it invites others to be playful as well. Um, I think sometimes in therapy, we often, or therapy has this, eh, I don't know, it'd be like a a reputation or an MO, if you will, of being serious. And certainly therapy can be very serious. It can be challenging, difficult work. I think I often like tell like new folks who come in to see me that um, therapy is not like the same as going to an amusement park. It's not, you know, no. Wow,
1: I would ar- I would argue that actually. <laughs> well, and here's why. Um, okay, remember that I'm a narrative therapist, so you have just brought up an analogy, and I'm mm. like glomp, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because in in therapy, there are going to be things that spin you around like teacups and make you want to throw up. There are ups and downs and all arounds like a
0: mm. uh, roller coaster. True. Uh, there's a lot of tears, that's basically a water ride. It can be frightening. That's like that one thing that like takes you all the way to the top and then you look down. Like You know, those moments of like revelation where you see all the things that you've done and other people have done to get you to the place that you're at. And you are simultaneously like filled with like awe and wonder, but also extreme terror at like Mm -hmm. what will happen next. Um, Yeah. But but hopefully therapy doesn't like drop you to the ground. Um, It more like sort of gently lets you coast down, providing a (laughs) buffer. (laughs) Well,
1: you are able to go through those scary experiences and know that you're still safe. There are safeguards in place. Mm -hmm. And you can have that scary experience, but you are being held in this safety container that is provided by your therapist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and argue that therapy is, in fact, an amusement park.
0: Well, now that you've explained it all out, um, I absolutely see your point, And I find myself thinking I'm going to need to use a, a different uh, narrative metaphor or analogy. <laughs> but backing up a little bit, what I was attempting to say is that I, I and, and I think you, you do this, too, that we try. We want to prepare people, especially if they've never been to therapy before, that there's going to be some challenging hard stuff. That comes up. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think that sometimes there, there can be this um, kind of like general sense that that's all that therapy is. And yeah. in fact, that is, that is very much not the case. Therapy is mm-hmm. equal parts, um, you know, challenging struggle and, uh, I don't know, whimsical fun or play. Yeah. Play is
1: really an integral part of my therapy work as well as my therapy space and if you were to come into my office it basically screams whimsy at you until you have to cover your ears and beg for mercy
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know if it's that um i mean it it is intense but in a in a nice way you don't think it's aggressive
1: i don't well i'm very serious about whimsy (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I guess I, I... Yes, you are very serious about whimsy. I I don't... I don't think it's aggressive so much as it is an honest representation of what folks are going to get you know i think that especially in um the therapeutic world there's this idea amongst therapists that like we need to have like mauve neutral tones in our Whoa. offices we need to be a, a, a tap a, a what is that tabula word a, a, rasa. a tabula rasa that's what i'm trying like you know similar to tabuli, but very very different uh one is one is good <laughs> no, and fun. Is delicious right and delicious <laughs> and, and and tabula rasa is, is boring and bland um but <laughs> But the thinking behind having that is that then, you know, you can come in and you can you can create what you need and you can project your truth in this more authentic way. And I think one of the things that both you and I have found when we are constructing our own therapeutic spaces is that people need creative inspiration. Mm -hmm. And people also want to know, because they're going to come in and and talk about things that are really personal and private, they want to know a little bit about us. Now, is it a very different way of knowing because we're their therapist as opposed to their best friend? Yes, boundaries Mm -hmm. are important. But I think the way you've really constructed your office, you are making it real clear to folks that you are about whimsy and healing. And that that 's honest for clients, it lets them know what they 're going to get, and if it 's really not what they're looking for, because some people are looking for more of that neutral calming space, and all joking aside there 's nothing wrong with that that 's totally cool if that 's your jam, but that 's not blue box counseling's jam, and so it's not. and but that so then people know that right off the bat so as
1: as therapists we we bring into the therapy room from our own lives, that which is therapeutically significant, and that which will improve the therapeutic experience. And for me, some of the disclosure that I do of my own life is here, here are the things that I find whimsical, here are the things that are meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. And that allows clients to to see it, maybe it resonates, maybe it doesn't. But what it does is it creates a safe space that, okay, you know what? Whimsy is welcome here. Mm-hmm. And fantasy ideas, stories are more than welcome here. Yeah. Uh, and whether you resonate with the stories that resonate with me or not, you know that this is a safe space for play. Mm-hmm. And if you've been in other therapy environments, which many of my clients have, where I mean, maybe play was welcome, but it wasn't explicitly welcome. And so they didn't realize that play was welcome there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that it's just it's uh, it's encouraging for them. They look around and go, oh, OK, maybe I can relax because maybe yeah. the types of folks that I tend to see, they walk into the the beige space and they just they don't really know what to do with it. hmm. Um, but they walk in here and they're like, oh, okay, you have a bunch of little cartoon characters on your wall and they all say what
0: they're sad about. I, <laughs> that but makes they're sense also, per- to me. yes, but they're also, they are both saying what they're sad about. And you know, we should pause and explain what we're talking about is super emo friends mm-hmm. um, created by one of your really good friends, Jay. Does Jay have a last name? Um,
1: yeah, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would like Jay to be one of my very good friends. He's okay. uh...
0: <laughs> that's that that's my fan fiction about <laughs> us and Jay. <laughs> um, so Jay, if you're listening, go get him out there. <laughs>
1: let's be friends. Let's be friends. Um, Jay Salvador is um, an artist out of California, mm-hmm. and um, he has written a book recently of his super emo friends and. That's going to be released in the next couple months, and I bet if you pick that up, you would find something unexpected, written by someone you wouldn't expect. (laughs) But now you
0: will. (laughs) Now you will. It is. It is both whimsical and poignant, which I think is really, really hard to do. And I think that's part of why I mean, like, both you and I, though your wall is far more. What am I trying to say here? You have a lot more of his. Yes, your wall is a lot more robust um, than (laughs) (laughs) than my shelving unit that displays one of Jay's super emo friends. But nonetheless, which one do you have? uh, I have the Breakfast Club one. There was no breakfast. There was was no breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, and so we'll talk about that since we're talking about that right now. So the Breakfast Club, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, is that great 1980s film. Um, And so what Jay did is he, like, he painted a picture of all the breakfast club peeps um, in caricature. So it's, like, cute and funny. But then it's expressing a real sadness with a twist of irony that while they are the breakfast club, there is, in fact, no breakfast in that (laughs) whole film. Nor is there any mention of breakfast, which is a real tragedy because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And if any kids need breakfast, it's all – it's that whole group.
1: Mm Right?
0: Right? had lunch but their lunch was real sad Um, it was a real sad lunch um Mm -hmm. and breakfast you know it would have been better um
1: (laughs) so it's so accurate so accurate
0: um (laughs) and why does this resonate with people because it's honest it's true and it's funny and I think one of the things that we talk about all the time is that really challenging moments in life are often equal parts painful and terrible and also like ridiculous and funny and mm-hmm. because that's how life is that's also going to be the most effective way sometimes to do therapy if you're able to welcome in both of those components mm-hmm. yeah and science is backing this up right Mm-hmm.
1: science officer
0: Yes, yes. I know that I've been highly whimsical this episode, but um, (laughs) more and more science is backing this up. I would say for a good chunk of time, probably the last several generations or so, there's been work and research um, on the importance of play for children. That play is important. is an important part of how children learn social skills. It's how they develop emotionally. It's an important part of the you know cognitive fact based learning process, um, and it's also a really important part of how children both begin to understand, process, and ideally heal from trauma. But it's only I would say more recently in this country, maybe even as recent as the last like five to 10 years or so that we're starting to really have more of an open conversation about play being important for adults. It's not just a thing that children need. It is a thing that adults need too.
1: Yeah. And this is something that I talk to people about all the time. When um, when we discuss self-care, we talk about um, appetite, sleep needs being met, movement needs being met, and meaning-making needs being met.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: people tend to not think about how play is such an integral part of meaning-making yep. for many people. Mm-hmm. And there's this idea in our culture that once you get to be about, I don't know, like 12, that...
0: Yeah, that's that's, that, that's about right.
1: The play just isn't okay anymore unless it's sports-related. Right. And then you get to be about 21. And that's not even really all that okay anymore, unless you're watching Mm -hmm. sports
0: Mm -hmm. or drinking.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, or drinking. Um, And so suddenly, like, it's not okay to play. Yeah. And what are we just supposed to turn that off? And and become boring? I mean, I guess that's what broader society, what the uh, Westworld construct would have us believe.
0: Yes, well said.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's uh, uh, bullshit. Because <laughs> as we know, if you haven't listened to the Westworld construct episode, may I encourage you to do so so that you understand why I am saying that not only is this bullshit, but you can change it. Yes. Is you you don't need to accept this narrative that was not chosen uh, in your benefit for your benefit mm-hmm. it is far more beneficial to decide for yourself what is the narrative that best serves your life and i would imagine that narrative includes some fucking play whether that be uh board games video games role playing uh in or out of the bedroom
0: that's mm-hmm. whimsical
1: folks right
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely Mm-hmm. journaling, fantasizing, imagining, daydreaming. These are all things that are far more normalized for, you know, younger to middle-aged children. Um, but they are things that adults need too. And it's really healthy for adults to continue to do that. Um, I'm actually thinking right now about something that one of our our mentors, a story that she shared with us once about someone she was working with who came in and who realized that it had been, I, it was like 10 or 20 years since they had read a book for fun oh
1: that like that hits me in a visceral right? mm-hmm. painful place yeah yeah cuz i would imagine that this person just didn't even realize they had permission to read a book for fun
0: right or that
1: or that that kind of pleasure was okay
0: yeah yeah, I think so. And that, like, the part of why they'd come in was that they felt like they had, they had, like, they were sad a lot of the time, and they had lost the joy for life. And that there was, I mean, it, it was a positive realization to realize that, like, well, yeah, we're not having fun anymore. We're not playing anymore. These are the core activities that bring us joy, which is such an integral part of, of being, you know, a healthy human. Hmm. Of Of being. Yeah, just being, we can take the Mm -hmm. qualifier right out of there. It's an important part of just being. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, I mean, I'm really glad you brought up the Westworld construct, because I think in many societies, but I would go so far to say in particular in American society, where mainstream culture has so much placed a heavy value and premium on work and work product. Mm Achieving. Achieving achieving striving striving, Mm -hmm. hitting you know hitting that next uh marker and then moving past it that it can be really hard for people to take time for for leisure time Mm -hmm. and that there's even and that there's there's almost like a negative connotation around leisure and relaxation if it's as if it's something we should feel guilty or shameful for indulging in as if it's an indulgence Mm -hmm. instead
1: of an Important aspect of taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. The same way that we need to eat food so that we have energy and we need to sleep to, you know, reset our bodies, we also Mm -hmm. need to play and make Mm -hmm. meaning out of our lives.
0: Yeah. And I have to say, Captain, that really puts into perspective my relationship with Adventure Time and I think in particular, BMO.
1: Yeah. How How exactly? Hmm,
0: let me explain. Uh, BMO is represented visually as a computer, which in our modern mythology generally represents logical thought.
1: But it seems like BMO isn't super logical. Like they sing songs about being pregnant with eggs in solo cups and have an active relationship with their
0: reflection,
1: whom they've named football.
0: Yes, sir. Football never does learn how to drink tea. What? But yeah, you've got it exactly. BMO looks like a logical creature, but is in fact full of whimsy and play. They're a perfect avatar for a logical companion such as myself, who sometimes needs help practicing how to have fun. I mean, who better to help practicing me do Practicing th- how to have fun? Yeah, it's red hot like pizza supper. I don't follow. You really should watch the show. Uh, maybe I will. I've included a link in the liner notes to all the episodes that feature BMO prominently. Oh, oh yeah, and and there's really a cool one where, like, BMO <laughs> isn't featured prominently, but is, like, an important part of the opener, and that's where that song is from, um, and it's the episode called James Baxter, the horse. James Baxter, the horse. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where the BMO pregnancy song comes from. Ooh, why don't you sing it again, Spock? Oh, no, I, I don't think that's necessary, sir, but you know it would be really math? Math? Would be if our listeners reached out on the social needs to share with, uh, with us the fandom characters that remind them of the power of play. That would be real... Math, sir. Okay, that'd be real <laughs> math. You you really, really should watch the show. Lots of my references are from the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, maybe I will. Why, why don't... I I don't really feel like taking a nap now. Why don't Why don't we watch it together? Well, sir, the problem with that is that I'm, like, already midway through my rewatch, and you would have to start at the very beginning. Hmm. But, and you don't want to start at the beginning again? Well, not to hurt your feelings, but no, I'd rather not. But what if you watched ep 1 on your terminal, and I watched the ep that I'm on from my terminal... Um, and we'll each have our little, uh, earbuds in because that's how we kick it on the Starship Therapies (laughs) and, um, we'll be, you know, being alone together.
1: Oh, that's nice. So then we're, we're still being playful, but you
0: we're being playful alone together. Exactly. Um, which is also known as by play therapists. I think it's called parallel play.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm down for, I'm down to parallel play yay and you know i think that while we're watching our separate apps if there's something that you find really funny or i find really funny we can like tap each other on the shoulder and then we can show it to each other okay all right cool let's do it hooray
1: here's to math spock am i doing it right
0: um you're closer. i think it's great that you're <laughs> gonna start watching the show
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All
0: right. Where can our friends find more info about what we talked about today? Um, Well, I think first things first, everyone, if they haven't already, should watch Adventure Time. And the good thing is you can stream it all over the place. Hulu, Netflix. I think I even found a website that was like somehow linked to the Cartoon Network. Um, So I would recommend that just to have some fun and playful whimsy. But if you're really feeling like, hey, I want to know more about the, the technical side of things after maybe binge watching Adventure Time. Um, I would say folks can get on the Google and look up play therapy, uh, parasocial attachment, especially the more recent work done um, on this term would probably be be pretty solid.
1: We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song to Lieutenant Catherine Mandy Cat who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens, who recently discovered a whimsical fandom in EDM. Troy Sivan forever? Yes. (laughs) Tune in for our next app on Internal Monologue as your own noir narrator. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And the best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And be sure to tell your friends. Hey, hey, Spock. Hey, Captain. Guess what else is a really great form of play? Jenga. Um, yes, but I was going to say <laughs> listening to podcasts.
0: Oh, right you are, sir.
1: So, just another great reason to tell your friends to listen to the
0: pod. Mm-hmm. And as always, friends, live live long and and prosper. prosper.
1: Tune in for our next app on internal monologue as your own personal narrator. Nope, noir narrator. narrator. Noirishar.
0: Which you know I'm going to say incessantly. Yes, I do. But let's save that for the end. Let's give people, you know, something to to hunger for.